0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from
1: HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland.
0: All my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. I'm standing here outside your door. I hate to wake you up to say goodbye. (laughs) Okay. Clearly you haven't seen Armageddon. Yeah, I have. I just try to to put it out of my head. Well, that that song's in it. And we're going to be talking about asteroids and preventing a collision with Earth and what sort of tech would be involved with that. And this comes courtesy of some uh, Facebook requests and email requests. I can't believe that we had people send us – multiple people sent us this request. Which seems really specific for more than one person, but hey, we're gonna do it. Okay. And um, you know, if you have seen the documentary Armageddon, <clears throat> you remember that uh, we shot Bruce Willis up <laughs> into space um, with uh, Ben Affleck and some other folks like Steve Buscemi to scare an asteroid out of the way because um, Steve Buscemi's a scary guy. Uh, wait, I think I might be. I, think I might be a little off track. Oh well. Anyway, the premise of the movie was that there was this enormous asteroid, the size of Texas. Which, by the way, <laughs> not that kind. Oh, uh, yeah that that's that's a reference that goes over everyone's head because no one, uh, none of our listeners have ever played the game Asteroid. What? So, anyway, surely
1: some of you have played Asteroids.
0: No, no, maybe, there, maybe, uh, maybe our our buddy Floyd, the truck driver. He might have. Hopefully not while driving. Uh, well, I hope not. Anyway, we're getting off track already. So, the whole whole premise of the movie is that there's this giant asteroid the size of Texas that's going to be flying at Earth, and so they come up with this idea where they scramble a bunch of uh, of uh, uh, miners essentially to shoot up into space, land on the asteroid, and plant a nuclear device on the asteroid that will blow it up to tiny little bits and save the Earth. And so we want to address this, um, this first. So let's, uh, let's get this out of the way. That would not work. No. That would, that would be a bad thing. First of all, the power of such a device is hard to imagine. How would you create a nuclear device powerful enough to explode Texas into tiny bits? The equivalent of Texas flying at you. Also, by the way, an asteroid that size would pretty much wipe out everybody. Um you know when we talk about asteroids that are are dangerous enough to wipe out a city 50 yards is big enough a 50 yard asteroid like an asteroid 50 yards across would be have enough power enough uh uh, uh enough force to destroy a city if it impacted the city um now NASA classifies earth threatening asteroids as being 140 meters or larger Mm-hmm. But then that conveniently is about the size that we can con- uh, detect them.
1: <laughs> well, it's uh it's important to note too that it's happened before.
0: You know, oh, yeah, we have sure been,
1: we have been hit with with many space objects in the past, and uh I, I assume to some small degree continue to do so. Uh, oh yeah, no, it's not we, like something that we hear about in the news every day. Every, but
0: every single day, the Earth is is hit by by tiny little object granted we haven't been hit by a massive asteroid in a really long time but um, meteorites hit the earth every day sometimes they're so small that you know they're almost undetectable but it does happen the um but yeah they've happened in the past i mean that's what wiped out the dinosaurs was an asteroid impact or possibly a impact, but it was a, a, a massive impact that uh, that altered the Earth's climate, and dinosaurs did not have air conditioning, so they were pretty much doomed. Doomed!
1: I, I figured it was their debaucherous lifestyle, and it was unsustainable.
0: No, you're thinking of Rome.
1: Right. You know, I get this confused a lot.
0: Yeah, well, you know, if you've ever seen a T-Rex in a toga, never mind. So, so why would this plan not work with destroying an asteroid with a, a nuclear device let's assume that for for argument's sake that somehow you managed to find an, a nuclear device capable of breaking up a texas sized asteroid while it was hurtling toward earth and keep in mind this was this this asteroid was close to earth by the time it blows up otherwise it's not nearly as dramatic an ending Right, of course. You gotta have it close enough to the Earth where people are starting to really freak out.
1: Oh, and how long exactly did they have to prepare for this?
0: No, it was like a couple of days or something like that. It yeah. was crazy short time
1: period. We would know.
0: Yeah, anything a that's long time anything that that size, happens. we would be able to spot between Mars and Jupiter, giving us years—literally years—to prepare. Yeah, it would not be a last-minute thing, and uh, that's one of the myths uh, that movies perpetuate: is that you know you have some uh, some some amateur astronomer out in the middle of nowhere, just looking up and saying, huh, that's weird. That star wasn't there yesterday. And then, and then that information slowly filters its way to some official source, which immediately clamps down and keeps it all secret so that nobody knows that doom is on the way until it leaks to the media, causing a panic. Yeah, yeah that we don't that's, want to cause a panic. That's definitely Hollywood related. So why would blowing up the asteroid not be a good idea? Well, that asteroid's moving at a really fast speed and the nuclear warhead is not going to slow it down. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've still got this, this material moving at an incredible speed and the mass isn't gone. You haven't destroyed the mass. You've just spread it out some. So instead of it being a one massive asteroid hitting the earth, it's a whole bunch of them hitting the earth. And it's like uh, the difference between getting hit by a, a slug and getting hit by um, shotgun shot. You know, Uh, you just spread out the area of impact is what you've done. Uh, this is mission control. We just wanted to say, oops. Yeah. (laughs) Are bad. So, um, so yeah, here's, here's why this stuff would really work in the real world. All right. We've got lots of powerful telescopes pointing in all sorts of directions now. So the, the, the myth of the amateur astronomer who detects, uh, something the size, the size that's in depicted in Armageddon is really, that's, that's busted because mm-hmm. it would be detected by much more powerful telescopes much earlier. And um, that information would th- go to uh, – it's kind of a clearinghouse for near-Earth objects that could potentially cause harm. Uh, it's called the Minor Planet Center. It's in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Hmm. Now, the Minor Planet Center would then take the information that was sent to it, which usually would inf- uh, involve the, the size of the asteroid and right. its, its shape of orbit around the sun and whether that orbit could potentially uh, collide with the Earth, send that information out to observatories all across the planet. Mm-hmm. Now, these observatories would then train their telescopes onto the object to try and make their own calculations based upon their own their own perspective to see if perhaps this would be a quote-unquote interesting object Mm -hmm. now in astronomical terms interesting means holy crap we're all going to die (laughs) that's the that's what they mean by interesting as in potentially impact the earth interesting Mm -hmm. and that information would then be shared amongst those observatories and the likelihood of a clampdown is really low just because you have so many people who would be involved in this and and have the information and lots of them are going to talk a lot of them are going to talk and say, we got to prepare now because if we don't, we're all going to die or right. a significant number of people are going to die. Because if this asteroid hits a landmass, then it's going to be like uh, – depending on the size of the asteroid, it could be like the entire world's nuclear arsenal exploding in a single point. Um, if it hits the ocean, then it could generate a tsunami of unprecedented uh, uh, force that could wipe out an entire coast of a, of a continent. Um, so, I mean, this is serious business. Uh, fortunately we haven't discovered anything so far that would cause that much of a problem. But again, our ability to detect these objects is limited. Most of the objects that NASA concentrates on is anything that's 140 meters or, uh, across or larger. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the problem is that smaller objects could cause significant harm, but finding those objects is a lot trickier because space is big. Really? Yeah. And in relation to space, fifty yard across asteroid or is nothing. Yeah. It's it's you know you it, you it's it's impossible to exaggerate how tiny that is. It's like a bug. Yeah. Smaller it's, than a bug. It's like a it's like a, a germ, on a bug. <laughs> and 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 you happen to be like a, a blue whale. That's kind of, <laughs> and even then, that's not even close. That is, yeah. I can't get my mind around it. That's that's how it is. So so all right. So n- nuking a an asteroid directly, as in trying to blow it up, is not a feasible uh, option. No. So let's let's assume for the moment that we have developed technology that helps us that has improved our ability to detect asteroids to the point where any asteroid that could potentially cause significant harm to people on Earth, to life on Earth, that we have somehow managed to, to create the technology to detect it.
1: Yeah. All and, right? and it's and it's important to do so because it is probable that we will be hit by something large-ish again
0: yeah. at some point. Essentially like uh, – So it's worthwhile yes. to,
1: to develop this technology.
0: Exactly. So. Yeah, the the risk might be low but the impact would be huge. So, you know, even taking a low risk perspective of it, the actual impact would be so enormous that it is a good argument and a lot of people have made this argument to um to invest in technology to help prevent it from happening. Mm-hmm. So, let's assume that we have improved technology so we can actually detect these asteroids from a pretty good distance. Like I said, yeah. it might be years before they get here. Yeah. Well, we're going to need that time because we're going to need that time to develop the actual vehicles, the, the tools that we're going to use in order to intercept that asteroid. So by intercepting it, what could we do to to avoid a collision? Well, the real key is deflecting the asteroid. Yep. You just have to move it a tiny bit, especially the further out you go. The further out you go, the, the, the tinier that, that adjustment needs to be because by the time it gets to the earth, it's going to be, the, the distance is going to be much more enormous. You know, just think about like, you're walking to, have a friend standing across from you across a football field and you're both facing each other exactly. Now, imagine that your friend just turns slightly a little bit to the left and starts walking forward. Well, from a distance, it looks like they that your friend may actually meet up with you once they get all the way across the football field. But as they continue, you see that they're getting further and further away until they reach essentially a point parallel to you. And they are a good distance from you, right? They're further down the field, like further to the right or to the left, whichever way the, the person turned. Um, that's kind of the idea here is that if you can catch an asteroid early enough and deflect it just a couple of degrees, then you've solved the problem because it's going to miss the Earth by millions of miles. But how do you deflect it? Well, there's a lot mm. of different options.
1: Yeah, I, I read uh, two specifically that seem to be the options people are thinking of most likely. What's that? Um one of them, ironically enough, was to use nuclear devices. Yes, but not the... to destroy, but to nudge.
0: Right. Yeah. The idea is being that you would you would detonate the device over the asteroid. Uh, this would actually um, cause a couple of things to happen, uh, and it's you know it's interesting that uh, that again that we're talking about something you know you might say well, hey you just said nuking is bad. Well, in this case, what would happen is that you would uh, uh, create an uh, a nuclear radiation would create this uh, this vaporizing energy, would vaporize mm-hmm. the surface or a section of the surface of the asteroid. Now that's going to cause that part of the surface to eject material into space. And you know, for a react- action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So that ejection from space is actually going to act as a pushing force on the asteroid. And it's tiny, but that's all you need. Necessary. You know, that might be all you need to move that asteroid out of the pathway of the Earth. Yeah. So yeah, you um, you're just using it again to to give the asteroid a little push. Um, actually, most of the the options I've seen are some variation on pushing the asteroid. It's just lots of different potential ways we could do that. Well, that's true. I, I did read. Uh,
1: yeah, to be fair, I did read of the possibility of using an inert uh, device, nothing that explodes, but basically a a bullet, if yeah. you will, to shove.
0: Yeah, using, using kinetic force to push the asteroid out of the way. Yeah, that, that is another potential, um, solution. Although, uh, it's, it's again, one of those that, that has its own set of difficulties. But, uh, yeah, that's, that is one I've also heard where you're just using a kinetic force to, to tap the asteroid out of the way. And it's, it's
1: important to note that, um, what, we really can't stress how much detection and, and identifying the the object's path, how important that is, because uh, there there's an effect called the Yarkovsky effect. Did you read about this? No. Um, as the object gets close to the sun, closer to the sun, um, and I'm not talking about directly on a path to, but you know, as it gets closer and closer to the sun in the center of our solar system, it's going to heat up, mm-hmm. um, and for a larger object, it doesn't matter so much. Um, but, uh, according, uh, to an article that I, uh, um, that an article I read, the, the Yarkovsky effect basically means that once the, the object starts to heat up, the heat can affect its path. It can basically start it to move in a slightly different direction. So you need to be able to, we would need to be able to know exactly where the, or at least, as close enough to uh, where the object is going to be so that we can accurately hit it with something if we're going to try to use a brute force method of moving the, the asteroid out of the way.
0: And a lot of the attempts to move asteroids may depend upon sun, the sunlight mm-hmm. and uh, the sun's power because um, there are a lot of different options that would harness the power of the sun in order to create a, a pulling effect or pushing effect on the uh The asteroid, for example, there's one, um, one possible technique where we would coat the asteroid with, um, white and dark coating, like paint or dust or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that would, uh, cause it to move because the sun's energy would actually push against the asteroid. Mm -hmm. And if we've coded the right – the correct side – not the right side. I mean there's no real right or left. But uh, the correct side of the asteroid, it could push the asteroid those couple of degrees. By the time it gets to where the Earth is, it's millions of miles away. It's it's millions of miles off course from hitting the Earth. Um, Similarly, there were suggestions that maybe we could create a solar sail – that would attach we, – we would use a, a, a like a probe to attach a solar sail to an asteroid and the solar sail would catch the sun's energy and be propelled by the solar wind essentially to pull the asteroid again outside of its pathway. Um, that That's kind of a far-fetched one really. I mean, it's definitely a lot more challenging than say coating an asteroid with a, a light-colored material. Mm-hmm. Um but then there's also the idea of using a net, an enormous net to encapsulate the, uh, the, the asteroid. And the net would again act as almost like a solar sail. It would, uh, it would react against, you know, the, the sun, the sun's energy would push against the net, which again would alter the course of the asteroid. Mm-hmm. Um, mirrors are another potential, uh, solution where you, you launch a, device that is going to deploy mirrors around the asteroid to direct sunlight to specific points on the asteroid to, again, push it out of the way. Um, well,
1: everyone knows that asteroids are vain. So if you, you know, put the mirrors on the far side of the Earth, they'll go toward the mirrors and go, oh, just hey, my best
0: side. I look good. <laughs> um, uh. But then there are a couple of other element. There are a couple of other ways of nudging an asteroid out of the way that don't involve sunlight at all. Okay. Uh and one of and one of them's uh strapping a rocket to it. Ah. So essentially you have a um Do we some- have to land somebody on the asteroid? No, not necessarily. You'd have to have some sort of of uh remotely operated probe that could embed into the asteroid itself and then use uh, have enough fuel in it to be able to push uh, as a rocket to push the asteroid out of the way of the pathway of collision Mm. now it doesn't have to push very hard it doesn't have to push for very long again as long as you catch the asteroid early enough that We have to keep stressing that. This is, this is assuming that we capture, that we detect the asteroid years and years and years in advance and that we're able to react quickly enough so that by the time the probe reaches the asteroid, because you remember, this isn't going to be overnight. It's going to take time for the, for whatever solution we deploy to get to the asteroid. Right. Like it may be, you know, we launch something and we don't know if it's going to work for another two years or three years. I mean, that's kind of scary to think about, but that's true. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you, you have to figure out a way where you have this this device and it has to be able to carry enough fuel so that it can actually deploy properly. Uh, a lot of people suggest that this kind of approach would be best if it were already space So mm-hmm. in other words, we already had some sort of launching platform in space so that the, uh, the individual probes would not need so much fuel to both escape the Earth's gravity and land on an asteroid and then propel it away. Um, that – that does pose a problem. Uh, but then another one is the Gravity Tractor.
1: Uh, yes, and I, I when I looked up the Gravity Tractor, I had to check uh, just a moment ago. And yes, someone has named their band Gravity Tractor. Good for them.
0: Yeah, lead singer, John Deere. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Um, but uh, yeah,
1: the Gravity Tractor is fascinating um, because this is – Essentially using uh, a an, an different body, uh, the gravity of another body, a an, uh, body that we would launch into space yeah. to pull the asteroid away without even – I mean it's not – the point here is not even to touch the asteroid. It's to uh, get something near enough to it to affect um, the asteroid's path with another gravitational field.
0: Right, because you got to remember everything in the universe exerts a, a gravitational pull on everything else. It's just that – that pull is dependent upon distance and mass and lots of other stuff. Um, but they, uh, uh, you know, so if you were able to put a massive enough object close enough to the asteroid, you could alter its pathway. There is, there are some problems with the oh, really? gravity tractor. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. One of them is that you have to figure out, all right, well, you want the gravity tractor to pull the asteroid away from the path of collision. You don't want the asteroid to pull the gravity tractor into the path of collision. Yeah. So, uh, so that means that you would have to have some sort of propulsion system aboard the gravity tractor to make little cr- course corrections and continue to gently pull the asteroid out of its pathway. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have propulsion, then there's the possibility that that propulsion that you're going to, when you fire your rockets to, to give it a boost, that force may push against the asteroid, thus negating the gravity pull that you are exerting upon it. So essentially you're getting a net, uh, zero Result, because you're you're pulling on it with gravity, but you're pushing on it with your propulsion system. So finding a way where you could create some sort of gravity tractor where the propulsion system would not actually push against the asteroid itself mm-hmm. is would be part of the solution. Plus, this would be really really expensive. It's a much more costly approach and not necessarily uh, uh, the most easy to implement compared to other approaches. So. I don't know that this is necessarily likely to happen. I mean, if, if enough research goes into it where it proves that this is the most effective way, then sure, I could see it happening just because people would finally say, all right, well, you know, we have to invest in it because we can't, we can't just play roulette all our existence. We have to prepare for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would imagine that we'd probably go with some other, uh, route before we tried this one,
1: yeah, um an article I read suggested that the the uh, gravity tractor would have to be at least uh twenty tons in order to safely tow you know effectively tow i should say not safely effectively tow an, an asteroid <laughs> away from the earth um and i can't uh, you know it, I just imagine that's going to be very hard to get out of the earth's orbit. I mean, you know, our gravity, I'm sorry, to leave the gravitational field of the earth to launch something that big into space. But you know, I'm not a rocket scientist, so.
0: Nor are you a brain surgeon.
1: No, I'm not a rocket surgeon either.
0: So, um, well, that's good. I could just imagine that going wrong. Uh, so I've <sighs> got another, another potential, although it's a far fetched possibility of getting rid of an asteroid that, um, that's coming at you. Yeah. You let robots eat it. Really? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Uh, Robert Lamb actually wrote about this. He has a great article on uh, the our, our Discovery News site mm-hmm. called Top 10 Ways to Stop an Asteroid. And one of them is talking about uh, using um, robots that would actually essentially kind of chew up the asteroid and then um, shoot num, num, num. out the tiny bits of asteroid uh, into space electromagnetically um, and – essentially disperse the asteroid while it's still really, really, really far away from the Earth. Because keep in mind, if it's really far away from the Earth, then not all of that mass is going to hit the Earth the way it would in the beginning of um, – uh, the or, or at the end of Armageddon, rather. So, yeah, um, these, these robots uh, eat and poop. They eat asteroids and they poop asteroid dust. I am um...
1: – I wanted to go there and I said, no, I'm not going to say it. You're not going to say they eat and poop? Nope, but you did it for me. Yeah, so well, I'm, I, I I'm could okay see the that.
0: look on your face and I knew that you were <laughs> thinking that. So I was like, I'm going to do it. Uh, um, well, I, I wanted to I'm recommend. Yeah. So this is, a, this is definitely something that we need to think about. I yeah. mean, it's, it's true that we need to think about investing in it. There are some talks about private companies actually uh, investing in this uh, sort of technology, this sort of approach. Um, which is kind of cool that you know it 's not just uh not just depending upon governmental agencies that have lots of different you know things pulling on them yeah um,
1: I did read that um scientists don 't seem to believe that there 's anything likely to hit us in the next. Hundred years or so, at right? Le- at the earliest, well, at least so, nothing
0: that we can see. Yeah, exactly. So, so there's still the possibility that something smaller could hit and still cause massive damage. It's just not going to necessarily cause global damage, but it right. could cause catastrophic local damage. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. There's some uh, interesting organizations out there that are dedicated to trying to fix this problem. There's one called the B612 Foundation, uh-huh. uh, and they their goal is to have a workable solution by 2015. So okay. that's coming up pretty, pretty soon. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to learn more about the topic, well, I, I can recommend a couple things. Uh, at How Stuff Works, we actually have two articles that you, that go into more detail about the stuff we've talked about. Mm-hmm. One is called, could we really blow up an incoming asteroid with a nuclear bomb? And one is called, could we stop an asteroid on a collision course toward the earth? And also, uh, there's a, a great program that aired on Discovery. Um, called Bad Universe. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, and it was it's hosted by Phil Plate, the bad astronomer. Mm-hmm. Phil Plate, by the way, one of my favorite bloggers uh, and scientists out there because he's one of those scientists who really dedicates his work to explaining science to the layman in terms that are easy easy to understand. It makes science fun and exciting, and he does not shy away from uh, topics like this where you know he's like, yeah, it'll kill you. So that's why we gotta fix it. <laughs> so I mean, he's very matter of fact about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, really intelligent guy, very entertaining guy. So if you have not read his stuff or, or watched his show, uh, I do recommend trying to catch that because uh, it's, he's a great guy. And he also has a, a really amusing Twitter feed and he interacts with a lot of other uh, uh, Twitter Weisenheimers out there, like Jonathan Colton, Paul and Storm, you know, um, uh, Will Wheaton. There's, there's this kind of Twitterati that have have formed up and, uh, and so, um, he often will chat with those folks in, in interesting and entertaining ways. And he's, and he shares a lot of really cool science news through his Twitter feed as well. Yeah. I showed you that, that amazing, uh, photo of the space shuttle Endeavor across the, the sun.
1: Yeah. That was amazing.
0: Yeah, that was uh that was courtesy of, of Mr. Phil Plate. So yeah, he's written extensively about this, and he's he's talked about it in his blogs and on 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 the show Bad Universe. Um, so I recommend that as well. And uh, well, I don't have any other potential solutions off the top of my head. Do you have anything else you want to add before we conclude? Not in particular, no. Well then, um, I would suggest we all just take a moment to uh to to ridicule the documentary Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> uh- for its uh, portrayal of how we would uh, uh, alter the course of a of an asteroid by blowing it up real good, uh, Texas style. But you have to land a space shuttle on it first. Yeah, and you have to sing the song I quoted at the beginning at some point, and uh, and Bruce Willis has to die. Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I was interested in though that uh, scientists are also talking about the possibility of of uh, mining asteroids. When, sure. In, yeah. In a, in a in an attempt to understand them better, um, yeah, I did read that uh, you know although we may not necessarily be ready to to destroy one just yet, that scientists or, or are,
0: even alter its path.
1: Right. Right. Um, but uh, scientists are considering the possibility if uh, you know since they are tracking some asteroids that are coming near to Earth in, near, and near again space is big, so near is a relative term. Um, but they're talking about. Uh, the idea of of visiting some near earth asteroids with the possibility of mining uh you know taking some samples of the the rocks that are there on the asteroid to get a better understanding of elements in the universe and bringing them back to earth, which uh is a really cool idea i don't I don't imagine they would send people to do that um so the idea of of uh, <laughs> doing the complex calculation necessary to hit a moving object you know that's coming around. Um, take samples and then return to Earth. That's that's really fascinating stuff. And that's not exactly the same topic, but I think it's a, a really cool application of the, of uh, science and hope that if they can do that, that it will be fruitful and we'll learn a lot from it.
0: Yeah, and asteroid mining may actually lead to other things as well. Like, for example, if we find an asteroid that has ice deposits on it, that could be a way of finding not just water but actually generating oxygen for uh, other space uh Missions. So right. yeah, the asteroid mining is one of those other things we could probably do a, a full episode about asteroid mining as okay. well, just because there's so many other possible uh, applications for it. That would be fun. Yep, I agree. So let us wrap this one up, guys. If you have any topics you want us to cover, there's something that's uh, it's got an asteroid heading straight for your brain, and you want us to to nudge it out of the way. Let us know. You can send us a message on email. The address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. Or you can let us know on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle there is techstuff, H-S-W. Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. Be sure
1: to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow.